Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. <laughs> that was the Millennium Falcon. Take oh, I know. <laughs> Let's do this. We literally started. <laughs> we started this episode by pounding on the hyperspeed drive. The Not hyper- that one. God damn it, oh, Chewie! Jeez, Louise, every single time. That's Michael always says. Toast, uh, right before we record, Riley's like checking around cords. He's like, "It looks like uh, you know Chewbacca fixing the Falcon while we're trying to get out of Hoth." Every time, every time. Sadly, I'm C3PO. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history, yeah, and share stories of high strangeness. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Breck. Um, guys, I don't want to get too inside before we bring in our guest, but why isn't there a left turn signal at at Hollywood and La Brea? Send what us your comments, going guys. On? We, want to get to, we want to get to the I bottom am of this. Trying to get to the studio, and there's just. Not enough traffic signals to get my hair out of time. Traffic um, talk. Hollywood La Brea, no left turn. Guys, what do you think? New let's segment. get it. Also, it's sad now as I was walking up uh, r- rushedly that our studio has become my version of a cabin in the woods. I was like, oh, I'm in nature finally. <laughs> that, this counts yeah. as nature. Yeah. There's plants. We were just on a trip and I'm ready to get out of LA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, the listeners at home don't know this, but we've been in the time machine. Mm. Uh, the last episode that aired was the L Files with uh, uh, the witch and the medium, Adela Levine and Mystic Dylan. Which but- was phenomenal, by the way. I listened to it on the way over. So good. Thanks, um, be careful because you weren't in it. No, I know. I know. I was, I'm scaring to say that, but uh, yeah, no, you guys did a fantastic well, you job. you got to come back. You got to face the music next time. Here's the here's a, a true reveal. Bryce was too scared to come do that episode. <laughs> That's not true. Um, but uh, yeah, we just came back from a trip about a week ago doing the live show, and I want to thank everybody who did come out for that. That was such a blast in mm-hmm. Salt Lake. And I'm already ready for a new vacation. Yeah, where will we go next? Who knows? You tell us. I'll tell you what. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is a comedian, a writer, an actor. She might play a musical instrument as a joke. We'll get into it. (laughs) She also hosts the Conspiracy Theory podcast, Lizard People. Mm -hmm. Ladies, gentlemen, welcome, Caitlin Hempstead. Yeah. 
<laughs> Heck yeah. I mean, I, I feel like our listeners probably know your show. I would hope. Um, they better. If you are on the internet and you don't know my show, honey, how'd you avoid it? <laughs> also, I know the moment passed a long time ago, but I'm Rose Tico. <laughs> what no one likes. <laughs> I didn't know we were suddenly in the sequel trilogy. Uh-huh. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. That's the, I mean, Riley at is, home there. He, he Riley is, is still one. Chewbacca. Uh-huh. That makes me Finn. Oh. You can still be 3PO. I'm still 3PO. No, he's rarely in the Millennium Falcon in this trilogy. I guess they're all in the Millennium Falcon at the end of the last one. Um, I'm <laughs> a Luke, obviously. All right. Uh, no, Bryce oh, is Poe yeah. Dameron. Oh, the ladies love Poe. Take that I'm Finn. I'm Finn. I'm definitely Finn or I'm Ray. Mm-hmm. You, you might be, be Ray. I could be Ray. I could be Ray. <laughs> you can um, okay. Well, I wasn't trying to imply that there was a love triangle between the three of us. <laughs> well, we I just now, met. I realized I jumped on saying I'm Finn after, but I am the Finn to my own Ray. Yeah, and I think that the, the love triangle is more of a belief octagon. Ooh, I'll tell you. Oh, wow. the, I'm playing 3D chess, baby. Uh, the yeah. one I'm shipping <laughs> is Rain Kylo all the way. Woo! This feels like a personal uh, moment. I'm in love with them both. (laughs) I really want it to happen. He's got a secret fanfic file. I'm literally getting a little hot under the collar Uh, just thinking about it. Uh, Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thanks. Um, So, uh, before we get into Caitlin's personal paranormal history, we have some... I really committed on that one. I I appreciate it, it. and I applaud you. Thank you. Uh, This just in, Caitlin, and I know you know about this because we were talking beforehand, but the Navy says the UFOs in Tom DeLonge's videos are unidentified aerial phenomena. Booyah. The U.S. Navy has officially acknowledged that UFOs are real and violate American airspace. In official statements, I feel so violated. Mm-hmm. That's, that that's your American airspace. I'm <laughs> airspace. Violate me. Okay. That was like a guy up in the uh, like like the control tower late at night. Uh, <laughs> oh no! My airspace. I want to bomb him. He loves in official his job. Statements: The U.S. Navy has, for the first time, officially stated that the three UF videos made publicly by former Blink-182 singer Tom DeLonge's UFO research organization of footage are real unknown objects violating airspace. Navy spokesperson Joseph Gratisher told Motherboard that the Navy considers the phenomena contained, depicted in those three videos, as unidentified. Previously, the Navy never addressed the content of the videos. The terminology here is important. The UFO community is increasingly using the terminology unidentified aerial phenomena to discuss unknown objects in the sky. Okay, so Bryce. Yes. Without repeating the same thing we've said on this podcast time and time again. Okay. Walk me through this here. Sure. The videos that they're talking about are the same Mm -hmm. videos that we saw back in December 2017 when the New York Times article broke that the Pentagon had a tip, the study. Right. We're not talking about new videos. 
It's just, just I'm, I'm asking uh-huh. not to poo-poo the story. I'm just saying let's, let's, so everyone's caught up. Sure. Not new footage, but the Navy for the first time yeah, is that's saying, right. yeah, we don't know what those are. Yeah, after Luis Elizondo left the program, A-Tip, to retire to go to work for Tom DeLonge's company, To The Stars Academy, he brought with him three videos, I believe, titled Go Fast, The Gimbal, and Tic Tac. I all, love that you have those memorized. Yeah, Incredible. all military-taken uh, uh, gun camera footage of UFOs, of these strange right. craft, uh, sort of... Uh, dodging and weaving these fast super hornets. So I'm just making sure mm-hmm. it's clear. Yes. The footage isn't new. It's just that the Navy has finally said. That's right. Correct. That's right. The footage is only new as far as it was released Because I feel like every time this story comes out, people are like, what? No. But, you know, they're not relatively old. I think I think the oldest one is maybe 20, 15 years ago. Well, so, yeah, they're right. They're not new videos, but they're newly this, released. The, this is the footage that came out yes. through the New York Times article on December 17th. Yes. Through Tom DeLonge's company. Right. And, you know, like I do just want to, you know, for whatever they are, I do want to make sure we put some respect on Tom DeLonge for giving up a thriving music career Uh to ask the real questions. Oh, yeah. Are aliens around? He's a hero to us Oh, yeah. He is moving that ball forward. He knows what matters. Do you guys tackle To the Stars Academy much on your show? How familiar are you you with this? Not very. It's Mm. not quite a conspiracy theory. There's nothing really conspiracy theory about it. Unless you want to create a conspiracy theory around it. It definitely complicates the narrative of like everything that is out about aliens, the government is denying and they're keeping from us because they're evil and they're hiding it. And they want us all to be abducted by the lizards, uh, which I think is uh, it's been a very interesting turn of events in the UFO community. Yes. Because people are like, but they're releasing it. So they're not bad. And they also don't know what it is. Yeah. Because to me and Bryce, you let me know. I mean, I think we've sort of been, you know, it's funny because like this all started to drop around the time we started Bigfoot Collectors I mean, Club. the timing couldn't have been better. Yeah, I mean, we guys. literally two years ago and then a month later in December. So we started October of 2017 yeah. in December of 2017. Oh, yeah. That New York Times article exploded onto the mainstream media. And this has really sort of let the barn doors open into this dialogue of the phenomena of UAPs, UFOs, BHMs. Yeah. Big hairy monsters. And guess what else oh, is going to happen? I was hoping a- for big howl movement. <laughs> guess what else is going to happen in a couple months? What? After this airs, Ray and Kylo Ren, they're going to fuck. Oh, boy. Yes. Also relevant. Listen, come on. Ray knows Somehow. how to fuck. I'm Are you saying, kidding me? We've got our thumb on the zeitgeist. <laughs> wait, wait. My girl, my girl Ray knows. My girl Ray knows how to, you know, how to get down. You know, oh, you Kylo know Ren's got down. a couple kids out there. Oh, come on. Because his first dark phase, you know, he he didn't go straight to the dark oh. side. He was like, I'm going to go to the, well, the fuck side. He's Han Solo's kid. Come on. So you know he knows how to fuck. Yeah. So it was, I mean, True. Leia, too. Oh. Leia inherited it from her parents. Uh. Luke is just like, I want to walk into an old tree. Bless his sweetheart. I know. The original incel. <laughs> so, uh... Basically, my feeling is that where we are with UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them, is that the pilots and the people and the personnel, the boots on the ground or in the air, however you want to tell, uh, however you want to say it, are just sick and tired of saying 
why are we ignoring this stuff? Well, that's true because they also <clears throat> the Navy also changed their policy policy about reporting Back in April. these. Yeah, it was recently that they changed their policy to allow pilots to report this phenomena mm-hmm. without losing their credentials or even their their license to fly. So it's a big deal. So it really seems to me it's a generational thing where the 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 greatest generation, the World War II, and after the military complex that grew up behind that. And this is just me speculating. Mm-hmm. Was like, hey, we don't talk about that stuff because we don't want to look crazy, right? So just don't talk about it. Now, it's possible that somewhere within that system, some real shit was seen and some real shit was discovered, like in Roswell. But they kept it well, absolutely. They you, kept it <clears throat> clamped down. You'll love about but this. But now the, the we're living in an era where the stigma of "I sound crazy" is kind of going on the you know going on the wayside and now it's more like dude why aren't we talking about this stuff Mm -hmm. yeah the the military has always wanted to control the narrative of this topic and so it's never been not happening i mean it's always been you know uh pilots have always experienced and seen things in the skies it's just been uh reduced to you're not allowed to talk about it and you know that the condon report was basically uh them saying you know Put the hush on this. You know what I mean? Make fun of it. Uh, anybody who releases... What's the Condon report? The Condon was, was report was a report put together by the CIA to establish, after Project Blue Book was over, uh, what the military was supposed to do with the supposed... Um, with basically with the Air Force's Project Blue Book. And the Condon report was a very quick panel, I, I think, of uh, CIA analysis that looked at like 10 cases. And, and they were basically pushed into the idea of, you know, we want to control the narrative on this. Say UFOs, there's nothing to them. It's all been debunked. It's all just swamp gas. There's nothing here. There's no fire to this smoke. Now, do you think, and I would like Caitlin's opinion on this well, is that because... They're just being Don Draper types. They're like, this is, don't sound crazy, because crazy is how women sound, and we know they're the weaker sex. They get their periods. Yeah, they're <laughs> driven by emotions yeah, and crazy though. thoughts about leaving me for m- m- another man. Um, or another woman. Or an- we even, that doesn't well, happen. No that's way. actually <laughs> part of the narrative of the Project Blue Book sh- show on History Channel. Amazing. Oh, yeah, I right. love the History just Channel. Because so the lesbian is also a communist oh um, wonderful I know, and i think that's because lesbians are smarter than the rest of us hey um is it is it because it's like let's just not be crazy or is it because they're like we actually have something to cover up here okay at the risk of being a government uh stooly a stooge there is a third option. Okay. Just throwing it out there. Please. Which is that a pilot sees something weird in the sky, goes, huh, that thing's moving weird, like it's tailing me. He comes down and goes, hey, everybody, a weird thing was tailing me. And the Russians go, our drone worked. Ha ha. So I do, you know, like most of the time, the government, garbage. Occasionally, the government keeping a secret that might actually be in the interest of national security. Right. Now, I don't want to default to assuming that the government is doing the right thing because we got to be vigilant. But, uh, you know, I think it could be some kind of combination. I think it could be their Don Drapering their little panties up in a twist and saying, don't let anything out. We got to be in control. Uh, It could be some people legitimately being like, we're pretty sure that that is like a a, a fucking Soviet 
new experimental plane that we just shot down. So maybe don't go telling everybody that now we have this experimental plane. Mm -hmm. And some of it, I don't know, fucking aliens. Yeah. Or Mm. just like, we don't know what this is. And therefore, we can't admit that because... That is a threat to national security, and that's what it really all comes down to. Don't you think, Bryce? Yes. From a military point of view, yep. it all comes down to air, this is an aerial threat. And this isn't me being like, let's mobilize. <laughs> it's just that if the point of a military and a government is to protect its citizens from invasion, absolutely, and there's something out there that might be able to quote-unquote, invade, and they do not know how to catalog it, understand it, copy it, or defend us, they're not going to fucking say anything because their job becomes irrelevant. That's the only way you're going to get those Congress dollars. I mean, the program Mm -hmm. was literally called ATIP, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Mm. So once they identified the threat as violating American airspace and not knowing what it was, it becomes something that any security council would be well to look into. And everything looks like a nail when you're a hammer. And when you're the military, you see something floating around in the sky. You're going to be like, a threat. It's a threat. Yeah. Can't tell anybody that. it's a threat. Right. Right. That ham. That we nail. We're going to nail that some bitch. Looks <laughs> like a glowing Tic Tac. Mm. Why does this? Now, the line for me becomes, what is, what is, where do the where does the government stand right so you really have two scenarios playing out one is that uh sort of this scenario that took place in the late 40s and early 50s that downed crash crashed vehicles have crashed for lack of better word here in the united states <laughs> i said it once i'll and, say it again <laughs> they've they've crashed. Crashed. and that we've recovered these materials perhaps even bodies And that represents sort of this physical manifestation that these UFOs are from another galaxy and contain pilots, perhaps biological entities. Now, I'm not sure where I stand on on all that, but then you have this other scenario that's playing out is that this is a phenomena, hence the title, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. We don't know what it is. We don't know where it comes from. And we can't control it, but we just want to let you know that we're acknowledging it now. Well, and what else? What's not to say that out in, the, out in Corona, hmm. New Mexico in 1947... That old uh, rancher Mac, yeah, Max, Max something. He lived in a in a shack out on the ranch. He was a ranch hand. Um, came across that craft. Came across those beings. Yeah, and they weren't from this dimension. No, I know, and that's the croft. You know that that that's the uh, that's what makes it difficult. Is I I've been one to sort of like studying all this stuff. You think that like okay. You know, I'm not sure if there is downed craft with pilots. I mean, I think all this stuff is part of the same, you know, phenomena. But then, you know, going over the evidence of Roswell, it's hard not to think that that really didn't take place, that a crash really did happen there, and that they really did possibly take, you know, alien bodies from that uh, from that downed crash. So I don't know where I stand. I don't think I, I ever will. Amen. Amen. So how did you get into all <laughs> well, this conspiracy we're, we're gonna stuff? We're going to find out know. right after this break, my friend Bryce. Great. When you come back, we're going to find out from Caitlin how she got started on conspiracies. Because Lord knows there's plenty of them. <laughs> that was real Dad, folksy. I love you. <laughs> oh, 
Was Lord it knows your dad loves you. I I'm going to tuck you yeah. in tonight. You hear the, the government's lying. <laughs> well, goddamn, be it all mine. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> I'm a man of few words, but uh... now please enjoy this experience. The Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This bothers some people. Does this bother you seeing my unread emails? Are you I one of those? I love it. <laughs> Do you have like 32,000? I don't love it. Yeah, I have 26,000. Welcome back to Bigfoot Country, <laughs> old Mac Brazzles Ranch, ah. where the where the UFOs are crashing and the meteors are shooting and you know those government men are coming to give you $300 to shut the fuck up That's right. you go down to the local tavern because Lord knows good Lord knows I saw some boys will the talk Lord knows. <laughs> them boys, boys will, talk. will talk oh yeah. them boys will talk yeah, Lord them, them knows. boys gonna talk uh, Caitlin <clears throat> I have to ask you this question I ask all of our guests what is your personal paranormal history? Um, well, if I was listening to this, I would want to know the answer to the conspiracy theory thing. So can I answer that? Let's yeah, start yeah. there. <laughs> and actually, oh, right, yeah, let me give you a little launch pad okay. with that, which is, if this isn't the answer to that question, where were you when you first learned about the lizard people conspiracy theory? Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing question. Okay. Well, I've always been a, a big dork with incredibly specific interests, such as when I was like in middle school, I got incredibly into saints. I'm Jewish, oh, wow. but I got incredibly <laughs> into Catholic saints and like read every book of like lives of the saints that I could and like had little saint rituals. Uh, and then I've just sort of continued being a freak like that with other various interests and now uh, it's conspiracy theories a few years back uh i learned about i think it was the school of the americas uh I which it's a no it's this. uh it's mercenary school uh, and it was uh, uh partially uh like funded and supported by the u.s government and responsible for a fuckload of violence in latin america i'm wow. pretty sure that i went to <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. No. No. Not the school in America's, but so in high school, I went to a boarding school in yeah. Michigan yeah. for the arts for kids who felt like they oh, were way too good for their own towns. <laughs> you lucky. Oh, I would have been so happy. There was a couple. Oh. <laughs> there was a couple there that had a bed and breakfast, and he used to teach, I believe, at the School of the Americas. Very Does that mean that this man was a former CIA operative? No, I think I, you're pointing at her school. like the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing a two you're finger doing, point. Yes, it's not like a school; it's Very like, a, like a campus, right? There is, and I think that that also exists. Like there, there are like certainly American schools all around the world. 
Um, no, I <laughs> no, I know that, but I think oh. there's a place called the School of the Americas. I think that I'm thinking of the right thing, but it's possible I'm not because this is like eight year old. No, but I think I'm, I'm of thinking of the wrong thing. About okay, and, okay, thank yes, thank and, God. Yeah, like, uh, the massacres in El Salvador. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. It's yeah. code name. It's yeah, code yeah, name yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a school. It's yeah. Like a oh, mercenary I college. Like, oh no. Yeah, plug I comic book style. It's like a. It was a front. It's like a training. It's and then like, really everyone's like, I'm going to study a foreign language, but really I'm going to kill I'm people. I'm going to kill yes. everybody. I'm going to murder yeah, people. That sounds like a good idea. But probably not the proprietor of the bed and breakfast. I don't know. So let me ask. <laughs> let me, <laughs> the new conspiracy. He looked hey, like you know? he knew what it was like to strangle a man He'd to seen death. some shit. Well, he did work at a children's performing arts school. So. <laughs> adjacent. Adjacent. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My friend snuck over there to lose their virginity <laughs> and said that they were graduates of the school Little did they know that those kind that kindly old mercenary couple went and saw every musical <laughs> that ever, so they knew they were lying. Oh, my oh God. that's very romantic. So, how many of these conspiracies <laughs> do you do you subscribe to, or and by subscribe I mean believe that they are actual conspiracies? So fairly few. Unfortunately, uh-huh. I am largely pretty skeptical, wow. um, which is always boring. But there have definitely been a couple that have just like absolutely grabbed me. And a lot of them are sort of like the ones that the longer I'm alive in America, mm-hmm. the more horrifying things I see about the intersection between like money and power and influence and treating vulnerable people horribly. So there's a lot of stuff that's sort of like uh, like someone one conspiracy theory we covered was that like pharmaceutical companies don't research cures. They research treatments. Oh, this is true. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's yeah. like. That's it how you stay true, in business. But it is also sort of a conspiracy theory. And sure. it's sort of like a hard thing to pull direct evidence mm-hmm. for because like we don't have access to all of their like funding information. But it is true that there are a lot of a lot a lot of pills for like pain and symptoms. Listen, I don't think I'm blowing cures. up his spot. Okay. My father worked in the pharmaceutical industry. <gasps> Is that how we afforded your theater school? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For uh, the fruits of my labor, my son shall go to his dance camp. <laughs> he wasn't setting protocols. He was more about like following, making sure the companies are following FDA regulations and what's in the dr- what the label says is in the drug is in the drug. Yeah. Right. So I think if I understand my father's job, that's what I've figured out. And I'm not mad at your dad. Also, it made him very unhappy. No. And um, but he used to say, I remember back in the 90s, he was like, this industry is about treating people, not curing people. And that used to make him upset. Yeah. So awesome. So I would would ask you this. I feel like, well, hold on. I still haven't had my question answered. Well, hold on. You, you. Well, hold on, you, sir. Both of you, hold on. Daddy, daddy, don't fight. (laughs) All right. So if I feel like the barometer of conspiracy theory is the JFK thing, do you stand, right? Do you stand on uh, Lone Shooter or conspiracy? That one is a tricky one because there are, I would say, at least four distinct conspiracy theories. And about also, Chinga don't you feel killing. like a few different parties showed up to that Dealey Plaza that day? Like there was a couple things planned. Like this guy's gonna drive by this tiny square with no cover. Uh, let's all try to, you know, it's you know, it's like they're all showing up at the same place at the same time, and then like one of them pulled it off. 
here's okay so my my personal jfk theory because there's some juicy ones there's some like castro had him killed there's some like uh the mob type of stuff the jack ruby thing very weird george bush went back in time had him killed of course one of the main ones um not just kidding that's not a theory i I actually did not blink because i was like that's for sure been at least an hour on coast to coast am radio uh could be Oh, Why is Sakata and Fugue playing all this? Is that the to name leave. of that? This is the most scared I've ever been. Oh yeah, Sakata and Fugue just started it. playing. Oh, is my that your God. neighbor's it's house? My neighbor's house sitters are playing. That's kind of cool, music. though. That's <laughs> kind of fun. Right. I don't mind. I that. love that you knew right. the name of that. That's... And as I was about to drop my theory, right. yeah, the most scariest song of all. Here's a conspiracy. They're listening they to are. you right they now, are ready listening. to drop that Sakata at a moment's mm-hmm. notice. Here's my theory mm-hmm. about JFK. It is very similar to my theory about Epstein, which is that uh, the government uh, agents within the government who had things to hide set up a situation where it would be possible for that person to die. I think Jeffrey Epstein genuinely killed himself, and I think JFK was shot by a lone gunman. I also think that certain choices were made by people in power to make those people more vulnerable to being you killed. Know, certain choices, that's the definition of conspiracy. Yes, Well, or allowing something to happen, not pulling necessarily pulling, getting out right. of the way. A lot of people think... Tit for tat. That... 9-11, I have a, still have a lot of questions Bunch about of that. Well, but there's a difference between like... They were fake planes. It's like, no, the thing really happened, but people uh, who could have prevented it from happening steps aside. Yeah, and mm. there's people in the government have power, and people in power are going to protect their own power. Uh, and people who seek power are bad, mostly, so they're going to like protect themselves above everything else. So, mm. where were you when you first heard... That Jeffrey the, Epstein... The goes. lizard conspiracy... <laughs> the lizard people thing... Which we don't really talk about on this show, with good reason, but it's the name of your podcast, and I also find it fascinating. Uh, where were you when you heard it? And tell people what it is if they don't know. Let me take you back. It's 2016. Oh, wow. I'm on the internet. Uh, Googling around. As you do. In 2016. Uh, I'm, I honestly, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that it was a YouTube hole when yeah. I just stumbled upon. The first video I remember seeing and going, whoa, this is wild, is this, there's a video of Miley Cyrus in an interview. <laughs> And she blinks her eyes. eyes. She will. She blinks her people eyes. Uh And then in an unbelievably obvious uh, job of doctoring, she blinks her sideways lizard eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, look, it's proof. Illuminati lizard Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the theory, of course, And I fell in love. That an ancient race of lizard beings Mm. are impersonating as humans Mm. and secretly running the world. And making incredibly catchy pop music. Unbelievably catchy. They came in like a wrecking ball, guys. Uh, (laughs) Ten points. Oh, you go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there's like a couple of different angles of the theory. David Icke is sort of the the foremost proponent of this theory. Mm -hmm. And he wild. Some people get mad when we bring him up on this show. (laughs) Listen, people, we're not fans, but we're just... 
This is part of the world we're living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we if we're talking about seven foot reptilian cryptids, sometimes you gotta we bring talk up about yeah. Davy's yeah. gonna yeah. come up, and I think he's a loon. But anyway, sure. uh, yeah. So there's a theory that sort of like this is a relatively new phenomenon that like they're impersonating our leaders who they've abducted. There's also a theory that the lizards are we human beings have always been farmed that they have been there since the beginning of our evolution and our civilizations mm. that they have interbred with some of us you can tell if you're part lizard person because How? of oh did, yeah, let me yeah, diagnose yeah. you uh, a weak thready <laughs> pulse I think like generally cold and everybody touched their Chilly, necks or yeah. wrists uh, like cold and clammy skin there's a couple other things well, yeah eating flies my, supposedly my great grandfather 21 times according to my aunt Helen uh was king richard the first and he that so i am of a royal bloodline which means that i'm probably lizard person (laughs) if one of us is yeah i'm just saying my uncle brag Brag. wait till we're married (laughs) and on our honeymoon i shape shift right when i'm making you (laughs) doesn't the lizard doesn't the lizard people think come from the anunnaki right isn't that zakaria that's the whole david zakaria sitchin though he's the anunnaki guy there's also a really yucky corollary to this about how they're all pedophiles yeah you get 10 pages that's what i was like so in like 2005 my friend told me about this and there was like a real moment where i was stoned and i was like That's probably true. And then I try to read The Biggest Secret, and I was like five pages in, and it's just like David Icke is just like writing like child (laughs) rape, like fantasy fiction about all the presidents that raped kids. And I'm like, okay, this is too much listen wow. he's bad <laughs> yeah but it's the theory very fun. happy yeah. yeah and you know what we all have the power as consumers of conspiracy theories to go no i only like the nice part mm-hmm. and so you could just pay attention to the fun part if you want to yeah it is a dark business of going down those youtube videos <laughs> oh boy we talk about on the show like conspiracy theory is not totally our thing uh clearly uh because i don't know we get it's very easy to get stuck in the mud mm-hmm. um but uh if, as far as it goes in paranormal terms or ufos in general bigfoot that stuff have you ever had any experiences that you couldn't explain okay I have two things that I wanted to bring to the table yes. for your entertainment. Great. Number one, ghost mom. Um, when I was in college at UC Davis, as we were discussing earlier, yeah. go eggs. Um, uh, eggs? Did you, I was going to say, <laughs> I want, I was, the Aggies. Aggies. Aggies, okay. Agricultural. The oh, mascot like a is a Mustang, but or we're called the Ags. Okay. It's a, I was hoping it was like a very like agro farmer. Yeah. <laughs> just pissed off. But I think they should change it to the eggs. Yeah. Davis eggs. When I was at UC Davis, I lived in a house with some friends, and in the backyard, we uh, made a fire pit, and we made it cute and homey. We had a bunch of plants. It was an adorable little house. But right from when we moved in, weird shit started happening. Um, uh but the the it had a very particular tone to the weirdness. Mm. It was all sort of 
mildly helpful. Really? Like weird little phenomena that were sort of nice. For instance, like uh, there was a time where I brought groceries home. I had two roommates. I brought groceries home. Neither of my roommates were home. I knew they were both at class. I was putting the groceries away in the fridge. I went back out and the front door was closed. And I was like, oh, I definitely left the front door open. Weird. Uh, A couple weeks later, my other roommate came home. He was like ran straight into the bathroom, came back to close the door. Door was closed again. Sometimes we would like leave lights on and then we came back. The lights would be off and we'd be like, did you turn the lights off? And they'd be like, no, I didn't turn the lights off. So we developed a theory, which is that uh, we had a very friendly ghost in our house who thought we were incompetent children. Quietly judgmental (laughs) Uh, of the electricity. Deeply judgmental. A chill from a giraffe. Yes, or leaving a door open to thieves and robbers. <laughs> uh, so we started calling her Ghost Mom. Uh, oh, and like whenever that. something a little bit weird would happen, like a pen would roll off a table or ever to go, oh, Ghost Mom. Right. Except one time. We had a fire in the backyard. We did a fire in the fire pit. Put it out, you know, put put water on it, did everything right. Next day, my roommate comes home from class, 3 p.m., blazing fire in the fire pit like shoulder height outside the boundaries of the fire pit in the fire pit all perfectly safe blazing fire demon we were like i'm so sorry what the fuck and so we all text each other we're like no i didn't have anything to do with it nothing the lock on the gate was not disturbed we couldn't figure out how anyone would have climbed over the fairly tall gate ghost mom was pissed you guys made a classic ghost mistake what do we what do we do you indulged it. You made friends with it. Mm-hmm. You started talking to it. Right. You gave it, you a, gave name. it a name. It got stronger. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I'm going to set fire to your house now. Mm-hmm. I'm closing the doors to keep you in here so you all burn alive. Jesus. Shoot. Damn, ghost well, mom. dang, ghost mom. That is some bell witch shit. I didn't know your unfinished business was killing college well, students. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's posing. And then you made it stronger by giving it energy. You know what would save electricity is if I burn this fucking house down. <laughs> yeah, maybe she was like a 50s mom who like nobody cared about her, or asked what she thought of things, and then she died. She was like, I'll get revenge. Oh, yeah. You were good at that. It I could, could yeah. just oh, be an angry spirit that's not like a ghost at all. Mm. It's just like... I like to burn stuff because it's in my nature. Maybe. Could have been a totally separate spirit from the lights and the doors. And stuff. That's crazy, though. That's pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah. Was there, like, fresh logs on this fire? How was this fire happening? It was, like, burned down. It was like a two-hour-old fire. So, also, maybe someone snuck into our backyard and made a fire. I don't mm. know. You might have had a drifter. Mm, the spookiest spirit Lord of all. Lord knows the drifters come <laughs> around. <laughs> Coming to Lord knows trains. It gets cold out there. <laughs> you yeah. see Davis tonight. All right, Ghost Mom Part One. Ghost what about Mom? Part Two? Part Two. This one is less of a fun story and more a thing that really freaks me out. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, kids. Wow. Okay, I said before I'm pretty skeptical in general, but there's something that keeps happening to me that I cannot explain, and I haven't really told anybody about it, but I'm going to give you guys the exclusive. Oh, wow. Um, oh, we're because honored. I don't like to talk about it. It makes me uncomfortable. Do you want our that. opinion on it? Because you're going to get well, it. Yes, yeah, yes, I yeah. do. Well, it's not that. I'm over hyping. Okay. 
I keep, I all my life have had extremely vivid dreams. And one of the things that's very vivid in my dreams is places and like very, very, very specific places. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's so weird that like usually you wouldn't see like redwoods and oaks in the same area, but like the redwoods are growing here and then there's a hillside full of oaks up there. Interesting. And then later on in my life, I go to a new place and I go, yes, I have seen this in my dream. Whoa. Um, and the specific, I tell you a lot about college this time. Phenomena. Yeah. And there's a, there was a weird, so when I was in high school, I was trying to do lucid dreaming. And so I would write my dreams down in journals. Is that, is that your jam as well? I'm gesturing. I've, I've, had, a, I've had experience like, well, in that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, kind of, they say you're supposed to journal how about many- it. Celebrities, did you try to have sex? Oh, <laughs> lucid dreams. Sex is a natural thing for right, first-time Michael. lucid dreamers. Yuck! No, it's not. <laughs> you should feel bad. I, just kidding. Just I'm gonna fly around, around and I'm gonna seduce Scarlett Johansson tonight. <laughs> And go to the pyramids. Exactly. Uh, nice. Knowing you, it was probably. I looked when, for the hollow records. When you were doing I it, I did cool shit. You're like, I'm going to go look under that sphinx foot, and then I'm going to see what Jennifer Love you're Hewitt like, well, is up I've to. I've got five minutes left. <laughs> I feel like I can really is pinpoint. Ned Campbell at home? Pyramid. So you, you were born in 
lucid dreams. We're vivid, talking precognition. Precog, That's what we're talking. But, uh, but in two of these, and the two that you've given me, just me, <laughs> these guys are here. <laughs> We're just a passive observer. No, but I'm I'm fixating on me personally. I'm fixating on you mentioned trees twice. So that pops up to me. Mm-hmm. So is there a connection with you know oh, what that I mean? That's a good question. I'm with you on that. Is it trees a common a theme? Oh, uh, so uh, what's the connection with the trees? What's the connection with the trees? We'd have to look up what the dream symbol is for trees to I'll see if there was right any now. sort of... Uh, Perfect. But you know, what? what's interesting and rare about your case is there's lucid dreaming and being lucid in the environment of a sleep world. But, uh, but having precognition, which means uh, seeing something in your dreams that you will later experience in your life... Uh, in in the future is, is pretty rare, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's fascinating. Do you ever get a hint of like when you're in a lucid dream that that because uh, obviously you don't know that you're going to see that thing later, right? Is there any hint of that now that you've experienced it more? Um, nah, I think it would be confirmation bias to mm, say yes I to that because right. I think like I have dreams that feel significant and I remember them when I wake up, or dreams where I go, I am dreaming. Yeah, uh, I could do whatever I want. Right. Scarlett Johansson, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Does anyone want to know the dream symbolism for yeah. trees? Is about? Now, I'm pulling this off Strength. a website called My Dream Symbolism, and the icon is a sleeping unicorn, and there's a prominent <laughs> ad for La Quinta Inn on this. But oh, so okay. I love La Quinta. Get a good night's yeah, sleep. exactly. All right. Look trees in our dreams symbolize <laughs> our <laughs> desires and hopes, knowledge, growth, and life in general. They are a sign of strength, stability, strength, and protection. Yeah. Mm. It might also indicate some new opportunities coming your way. Mm. Also, there's like history there, like the family tree. Speaking of family, ancestry. so my mom studied botany before she studied medicine, and she used to take us all on walks and quiz us on like, and I'll be like, Magnolia, elm. Oh, right. um, botany, Mike. medicine, also magic. That's this some is, uh, witchy stuff. I'm doing the magic hands. That's some witchy <laughs> good stuff. For, good for con- audio. You're concocting some herbs to help yeah. people. Yeah. And I have I have a little bit of a theory on what's going on. Let's I have hear a, it. well, I have a I'm okay. open to the possibility that it's magic, and some people are psychic in different ways. Uh huh. I also have a theory about time that is oh based God, on pseudoscience, oh. but I love it. Okay. I made it up. Well, let's hear it. Um, I have a theory. That. All right. We all know about quantum entanglement, of course, yes, the concept sure. that like two tiny particles can be entangled through space. Yep. But they've also found that uh, the very smallest particles can also be entangled through time. Absolutely. Uh, so like one atom spins up, one atom spins up on the other side of uh, even years. So I've got a theory that maybe some of us, uh, when our conscious minds are a little bit less um, in the way, Mm -hmm. maybe we are perceiving some of these entangled particles uh, through time affecting our ocular nerves and our brains. Let let me tell you, you're not too far off. And what you're talking about is retro. But you're a little wrong. You are a little wrong. 80%. No, you're there. (laughs) What you're talking about is retro causation. Uh, And that's a quantum idea that the future actually affects the past. So, yes, particles do become entangled through time and space. 
but time isn't linear. It doesn't work like an arrow. So what happens in the future can actually affect what happens in the past. And otherwise, how can we explain that you're getting these visions of the future uh, in your dreams? Something must be happening. Either it's phenomena through a source unknown or it's a scientific principle not yet fully developed and discovered. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Terrence McKenna was, History is the shockwave of eschatology. And what that means is, you know, the big future event has already happened, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's really just rippling back through time. And that's how we get these, you know, sort of mystical states and these these deities that come to us and all these like big history moments that are mysterious in nature. You know, that big event in the future has already happened. Hashtag future is first. Basically, future yeah. is. Well, but I mean, a lot of people think that the aliens are us from the future yeah, coming yeah. back to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look, one of the biggest movies of this summer was about superheroes traveling back in time yeah, to make sure that what happens in the past ensures the future. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's It's not wild to think that this is a popular idea in the zeitgeist, mm-hmm. you know, at all. Um, One of the books I'm reading now, right now is called Phenomena by Annie Jacobson, and she's a Pulitzer Prize. She's the one who said that the Roswell crash were a bunch of deformed Russians. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, dude. She's got a whole book on, <laughs> yeah. on, well, on she's Roswell. A, she's a Pulitzer Prize uh, nominee for her work on Pentagon Area 51 and Operation Paperclip. But this book about phenomena is about the CIA's psychic program and research. And, and during reading that, they had some... They call it the eight martini result. In other words, these scientists, once they experienced what these people were able to do, had what was called a conversion experience. And it took them eight martinis to really sort of just grasp their mind. <laughs> I around mean, it. give me eight martinis. Yeah. I'm gonna... But I'll that's, grasp how, whatever you want. that's <laughs> how freaky that's how freaky real some of this shit got. And some of these psychics uh, under the project were able to have these precognitive uh, remote viewing sessions where they they saw the future events happening now they really weren't able to act on act on it as 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 far as intelligence goes uh but when those events did happen it came back and they were able to look at those records and say man you called this on a dime so we know that it is a real thing this precognitive phenomena and uh and so now it's just coming down to like how do we explain it The, the thing about this psychic thing though it's sort of to to sum it all up is that you know the CIA agreed and 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 so will I that there is the ability uh the psychic powers do exist you know people do have those abilities now where it comes from the source of this psychic power and uh where it comes from is anybody's game you know nobody really knows if it's uh if it's an intelligent force or sentient phenomena, or if it's just undiscovered science that we just haven't gotten to yet probably you know? the time stone. It could be the time or it's stone. it's the time stone. Wait, so, but you're freaked out by this? You don't like it? You don't think it's like a superpower? I, I like it. I don't... It is a... Mm, 
clearly I'm incredibly comfortable with it. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in the Bay Area and around a lot of people who are into some woo-woo shit. And I think that sometimes when people start to believe that they have a special ability, they become like very insufferable totally. uh, and their lives get worse. Yeah. Uh, and so I prefer not to incorporate it into my personality. You seem well, humble enough. I would say yeah, that. So you've tried lucid dreaming. You've practiced it. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you do when you lucid dream? What's your what what do you like to do when you become aware that you're dreaming? I gave up on being like diligent about it. That uh-huh. was like a fun teenage experience more than anything. But when it does happen, usually I'll just kind of roll with what's happening and be like, ah, a dream. I can't get hurt, so I don't need to be scared. Let's see what happens oh, now. That's so smart. Yeah. That's nice. That's awesome. I'd say in terms of becoming insufferable, look. You've already got a fun podcast about conspiracy theories. It seems like you're pretty self-aware to like take some of these big ideas and weird ideas and have fun with them. So I would suggest, why don't you explore this a little bit? Okay, I'll you get know? more into my psychic ability. You, <laughs> you got me. Speaking of what's going on in that mind of yours, Caitlin, we have a game we like to play with our guests. Yes. Awesome. This is called Bullshit or Believe It. You can do it. That's its theme sound. For the do you know how this works? Uh, no. I'm going to go down a list of things, phenomena. Mm-hmm. You're going to say bullshit if you don't believe in it or believe it if you do. Okay. Okay? Okay. Rapid fire. Great. Two choices. If you're on the fence, pick one. We'll circle back. Okay. Uh, on your mark, get set, Ghosts. Bullshit. UFOs. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. Bullshit. Gnomes. Believe it. Unicorns. Bullshit. Shadow people. What? Believe it. Great. We'll come back. Loch Ness Monster. Bullshit. Little gray aliens. Well, should specify, Loch Ness Monster was true, no longer true. No longer alive. Oh. Believe it in the past, bullshit now. Yes. Little gray aliens. Bullshit. Dogman. Huh? Sure. Parallel universes. Believe it. The Loveland Frogman. Bullshit. Mermaids. Bullshit. Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. Uh, bullshit. Yeti. Bullshit. Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. Oh, God, I want to believe it so bad, but it's bullshit. ESP. Believe it. Chupacabra. Bullshit. Demons. Bullshit. Atlantis. Believe it in the past, no longer. Bat Squatch. Adorable, but it's not real. (laughs) Astrology. It's bullshit. Life on other planets. Oh, believe it. World peace. Someday. Peace in the multiverse. Someday, hell yeah. Great, great job. Very good. Thank you. That was exciting. No, but you're into it. I love that. I wasn't being, I was being a little disingenuous, but I certainly want to believe that gnomes are real. I thought you were a a special case here. Let me say this. Yes, what's up? You seem to be a tree spirit. Gnomes are of the rocks and forests and trees and rivers. I love me gnomes. Here's what I think gnomes are. I think that they are, and I'm going to agree, I listened to the episode with Mystic uh, Evan. uh, Dylan. Mystic Dylan. Thank you very much. Very disrespectful. Listen to the episode with Mystic Dylan. (laughs) Meanwhile, Mystic Evan is like, shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. He's just getting started in his career. He's not on podcasts yet. Almost. Um, That a lot of that sort of like, oh, it's just a little, a harmless 
this little woodland sprite is like, no, that was somebody's god, somebody that you conquered and oh, yeah. uh, decided that their whole belief system is like a cute little fairy. Mm. Uh, so you know what? I'm not here to judge the realness of gnomes. Right. I Ooh. love that. Wow. Okay, what happened to the Loch Ness Monster, Caitlin? <laughs> I think she's just up to date on all things crypto. Uh, <clears throat> I love me some cryptos. I think that the Loch Ness Monster was an evolutionary holdover. I think it was a large reptile. It didn't exist in that part of the world anymore, and it took a long-ass time to die, like how they think that giant squid could possibly live for thousands of years. If it's oh, a reptile, I thought you were referring could to that lay, DNA study. Could oh. it lay eggs? It could have, but it didn't want to. Because well, she saying, was an independent explain, female. Maybe it would explain more living there. There's a fucking moth with a <laughs> big old shadow flying yeah, around a big here. Boy. A DJ yeah, and the Shadow boy. Bats are playing later, guys, tonight <laughs> over at uh, Name a Cool Spot in LA. The Riley. Moth House. The Moth yeah. House. Yeah. DJ moth and the Shadow Bats. The Moth House tonight. Um, uh, you, I said, hell, you went. Mm. No, I was just uh, that one. I was doing a goof too it's because I said heaven, no way, but hell. Yeah. Ah, no, but know, I don't believe in hell. There's a lot of people that that actually do this game, and and it's funny. They'll believe in like angels and demons, but then they won't believe in heaven and hell. Or some will believe in heaven, not in hell. It's a straight. You were so at least you were consistent in your belief. Uh, for this a lot the, of people, get caught up. This is the up. problem with trying to have a comedy paranormal podcast because, <laughs> like, sometimes you're, you're like, I don't know when to take people literally or not. I'm doing you too get many very goofs. Confused. No, but it's good. I actually thought you were saying along along the lines with Bryce is some people are like, like Bryce will be like, hell is a place on earth, you know? Like, eh, guess what? We're living there State now. Of mind. Yeah. I'm on board okay. for that. Well, you know what, Caitlin? You did fantastic. Hold, you did hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Atlantis. Oh, Atlantis. Oh, yeah. You can't move on with that. Um, I guess heard, I understood what you meant. Have you heard the theory of the sea people? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, Here we go. Uh, we just did an episode about it, and so I'm going to get some of the details wrong because I don't really remember. We do it all the time. But hell yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not listening right now. <laughs> during the reign of Ramses the Third, yep. or one of the Ramesses, uh, there was a sudden and very intense uh, wave of ocean raiders of like um mariners who would like come into a town hit really hard sack everything take uh, all the women bail back out to the like sea like the deacon in water i was gonna World. say when yeah. she said mariners i thought kevin costner just yeah, blasted yeah, into my yeah. i gotta say a bunch of long-haired kevin costner's yeah. out there the on the ocean following? i saw yes. the stunt show yes. universal not it's too long exactly ago. like that it, it was exactly great yes there's fire shooting so out of the water <laughs> it is really fun so this all checks um, out, uh-huh. So uh, in, there were a bunch of inscriptions that were sort of like, in this year, we were raided by blah, blah. And every other sort of ethnicity ethnicity of people, they would be like, the Phoenicians. It was the Libyans. It yes. was the Baba. They never specify who these people were. My I think theory, you meant Lemurians, not Libyans. Oh, no, I think these were the well, Lemurians. The Lemurians the were people. enemies of the Atlanteans. Oh, well, maybe it, there was some intertribal scuffling in, in the sea. Oh, you're going. Yeah. Oh, boy. I thought we were talking about mm. Nerd alert. The Libyans were enemies of Doc Brown. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ah, yes, of course. Yeah. Speaking of conspiracy theory, there's some strange Back to the Future uh, parallels that run with 9-11. Have you heard of the Back to the Future 9-11 conspiracy no, theory? what? That Wait, might be a maybe, future episode for maybe you. Maybe you guys got to come yeah. on in then. Let's save that <laughs> yeah. and come do it. It's a good one. Over on your show. You'd love it. I love this. Um, all right. Amazing. We got to take a break. When we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Sweet. Guess what, children? It's time for this week's story of high strangeness. And this week, I will be telling you a story. This one is sure to get your goose. It's a real creepy one. Just in time for the advent of the season of the witch. Ooh. Lord knows that's going to be a good one. Oh, Lord. Kirtland is a historic community nestled in Lake County, Ohio. A hilly, forested area, Kirtland is home to beautiful parks, the Holden Arboretum, as well as the first Mormon temple established by Joseph Smith himself after he relocated the Church of Latter-day Saints from New York State to Lake County from 1831 to 1837. Wow, no way. Now regarded as a bit of a tourist destination, mm, this cozy suburb of Cleveland is allegedly home to some of the strangest characters of American folklore and cryptozoology. <gasps> I am, of course, talking about... Mormons. The Kirtland Melonheads. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, the Melonheads. Often described as deformed, diminutive humans with slight frames, the melon heads get their names from their large, bulbous heads, which contain big, sometimes glowing red eyes and mouths full of pointy teeth, which, if the stories are to be believed, are used to mutilate woodland creatures, livestock, and human beings. Oh, this is a more of a bummer than I was expecting from the cute name. <laughs> Making this breed of peculiar beings cannibalistic in nature. Uh, if they are indeed human, Caitlin. Okay. Said to inhabit the forest of Kirtland in a secret community, the Melonheads are typically spotted along Wisner Road near Chardon. Their history is shrouded in mystery. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a little glimpse at a artistic impersonation. Oh, oh wow. It looks Ooh. like uh, uh, it looks like if uh, Leonard Nimoy's head got pumped full of uh, helium. <laughs> That's... Uh, and then he got mad. Yeah. Accurate description. And Thank then so Vincent Price said, what did you do with my face? <laughs> now, there are a few legends that explain the origin of these misguided beings. The two most popular versions both involve a man by the name... Of Dr. Crow. <laughs> now, Bryce, are you familiar with the Melonhead phenomenon? You know, I've heard the name. I am not familiar with well, the, the legend or the lore. I wasn't super familiar either, and i got to tell you what, I had a, a lot of fun researching this stuff. Because this is a great high strangeness, because there are 
so many stories, just encounters and weird stories. And you know what, listener, whether they're true or not, we'll leave that up to you. But here we go. In the first version of the story of the Melonheads, Dr. Crow is a doctor who worked for a mental institution or possibly a secret government project based in Lake County. Hell yeah, hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sold. (laughs) And by some nefarious means, obtained a group of children and performed horrible experiments on them, which resulted in them mutating and becoming deformed. In this version of the tale, the melon heads are somewhat slow and docile, likely the result of lobotomies performed by Dr. Crow, and would sometimes escape the doctor's supervision and wander off to roam the woodland hills and roadsides like Frankenstein's monster, Mm. feared and misunderstood by the frightened rural public. Kid stuff's always a bummer, so I'll take a pass on that Well, I'd say that, yes, there is a bummer version of this, Mm -hmm. but... The melon heads are like adult versions of the kids. Okay, okay. You I know feel better. Who, I'll tell you what. Story. I'll tell you what. I didn't think about this until now. A perfect pop culture reference for a melon head is Sloth from Goonies. Oh. These guys are like Sloth. Oh. Yes. Or they're like the evil version of them is from The Hills Have Eyes. Mm. Still big old blobby foreheads. Yeah, big old, big old craniums, mm-hmm. misunderstood. But they are. They're kind of like Frankenstein's monster as well. In another version of the Melonhead's origin story, Dr. Crow has a wife <gasps> who lives with him in a cabin near a landmark called Crybaby Bridge. Ooh. A haunted area where, ooh, boy, I hate to tell you, Caitlin... It is said the cries of dead babies and deformed children. I hate to hear dwell. it. Sorry. <laughs> How I, are dead babies crying? Well, Touche. They're ghosts. They're the ghosts the ghost of the babies. dead babies and dead children. Bullshit. That evil Dr. Crow killed and buried around the knoll somewhere. His failed experiment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or he would, in some of these stories, some of these stories sound like anti uh, yes stories where they're like there's an evil doctor who performs abortions and he buries uh, the babies in the river out and then there. they can't go to heaven because they won't baptize yeah so there's a little bit of that like scary f- local folklore yeah. stuff about like this is bad um uh some people claim that if you park your car on the bridge you can hear the screams of children crying in the water below. In this version, however, the crows are a kindly couple who adopt a group of children inflicted by hydrocephalus, an enlarging of the head caused by fluid on the brain. Oh, wow. The melonhead children grow close to Mrs. Crow and accept her as their mother, much like the Lost Boys in Peter Pan. And she, in return dotes on the poor souls and defends them from a wicked public that teases them for their deformities. Oh, society or the monsters mm. after all. You're good at this stuff. Oh. But after Mrs. Crow <laughs> dies at a young age, the Melonheads revolt in grief, burning down the cabin and killing Dr. Crow in their rage. Wow. They then escape into the woods 
where their descendants still live today, each generation more deformed and more bizarre looking than the one before. Wow. Oh, they so were... they're all they're out there uh porking in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. Like Ray and Kylo Ren. <laughs> they they roam the roads at night, scaring unsuspecting travelers. In some versions of this story, they are actually the ghosts of the melon heads who were also killed in the cabin fire along with Dr. Crow. And they haunt the woods. A version of the melon head story dates back to 1964. When legend goes, a group of unsuspecting teens were cruising around Wisner Road looking for a little bit of trouble when they found it. When the kids saw a being with a large deformed head on the side of the road, they got out of their car no. and they gave chase. No. The melon head never chase the big head baby. The melon headed figure, aka big headed baby, <laughs> led them back to an old farmhouse where they discovered a kindly couple. There's that Mr. and Mrs. Crow again. Ding ding ding. Sitting there surrounded by a pack of melon headed kids. When the teenagers asked what was going on, the man claimed that he was a former nuclear scientist that was exposed to radiation during World War II, (laughs) causing all of his offspring to be born deformed. The government found him a nice little secluded home and paid him and his wife to keep quiet. Mm. Mm. So I I went through... Uh, I checked a couple websites and I got a couple stories of people who have claimed to have encountered the melon heads in Kirtland. So these are not my words. I'm taking most of these from uh, Weird Ohio's website. This one is from a website called Creepy in Cleveland. Uh, Okay, so this is from a woman named Alyssa. The most common story behind these mutant little creatures is that of a Dr. Crow, to be exact, who lived on Wisner Road in Kirtland, Ohio. He ran an orphanage with many children and did various experiments on their brains, mm. causing their heads to become larger in proportion to the rest of their bodies. Big old head babies. It is said that they roam the woods at night looking for humans. They eat their flesh. Ah! The most notable description of a melon head is about three Fourths feet, three or four feet tall, with a large head, glowing eyes, and sometimes said to have razor teeth. One day, the children killed the doctor as well as his staff. Huh. The mutants still roam the area on a killing spree. Well, I've got my own views on this. <laughs> I went to Wisner Road oh, in okay, Debbie. to prove what was real or what was fake. My aunt drove. Her friend Megan, my brothers, and their friend came along. We got lost in the area of Mitchell's Mill and Wisner, but we kept seeing shadows in the woods. And when we came along a black gate in the woods of Wisner Road, we all had that gut feeling. The kind of feeling that tells you that you aren't about to be in a good situation. Oh, like when you eat a too much old lasagna and then like two hours that later. Your aunt's friend Megan made. Yeah, Megan made those. Are, then you gotta get out of there. She said she made it last night, but uh-huh. she made it two weeks ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. She doesn't know the meaning of dairy-free. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, she made a nice lasagna for her boyfriend, but then he dumped her. Mm -hmm. Well, my brothers and their friend thought it would be cool to make them not seem like sissies. Mm -hmm. Okay, problematic Alyssa, (laughs) to get out of the car. I mean, Alyssa, internalized misogyny is a real thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes women police that shit, too. I wish the big head babies had torn her apart with their little razor teeth. Anyway, go on. When they walked down a little side road for a few moments. I love that we could talk about uh, razor-sharp teeth, big-headed, hydrocephalic mutant babies, but not use the word sissy. I mean, she's I'm not... I'm just saying... She's a woman saying that being like a girl is bad. Yeah, think about that, Megan. Mm, okay. Uh, they Trump. claim that there was something that ran across the road. It suddenly got extremely foggy outside. Momentarily, my brother Keith realized he had lost his phone while running back to the car. We were in no mood, and none of us had the courage to turn back. Oh, I skipped a couple parts. That's <laughs> We, we ended yeah, up. it was good. It, it yeah. was exciting. It glues together pretty nicely. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all be all told. <laughs> all right, so here's some more stories. This one's called "Animal Corpses Mark Trail Through Melonheads Woods." <laughs> That's this the title. From, yeah, Sounds like a first headline. I thought that was the story. <laughs> this is Rich. That's it. This is from Rich Glear. I live in East Lake, Ohio, not far from Kirtland. I've heard many stories and I've seen many things in the woods of Kirtland. Goddamn right. I've seen the burnt shack of Dr. Crow mm-hmm. and starships gleaming off of Single tear rolls down yes. Michael's face. This is like Rucker Howard's mm-hmm. speech at the end of uh, uh, Blade Runner. Okay. Something uh, in saw the, rain. the chain that the Melonheads hung his dead corpse from. Oh. I can say as one person that the Melonheads are in fact real. Dang. Close by Kirtland, there's a small castle for picnics and barbecues. <laughs> and miles and miles of hiking trails. When you walk down these trails, you can see some mutilated animals in deep parts of the woods. Oh! Scary. That was perfect. That was great. It was really, really good. I've been hiking back in the woods for as long as I can remember. Not one time while strolling have I not seen small dead animals and mutilated corpses and bones. Rich. Now, Rich, I feel like you're leaving a breadcrumb trail for us to find. Did you just say breadcrumb? Breadcrumb. I like how you signed off with his name, Rich. 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 Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I too have been for walks in the woods and seen mutilated animals, so I think we should be talking about the Griffith Park melon heads. Oh. If anything. What say you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one is called Caught a Glimpse of a Melon Head at Mitchell's Mill. <laughs> I'm like, I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I know lots about melon heads, Myth. <laughs> I know the Dr. Crow story is sort of true, but there are some facts missing. First of all, Dr. Crow did exist, but he lived in the 1940s and was a dentist. Oh. There could have been another Dr. Crow, though. Wait, this is like Dr. Crow's condescending relative. He's right. like, a right. dentist crow. Yeah. Wait, yeah. A mi- wait a minute, right. wait a minute. Yeah. He might have made those melonhead babies, but he was a dentist. Dent- yeah. Dent- yes. Second, full moons have nothing to do with their nasty behavior. 
I know this from experiences with them and from experiences that others have had. My first experiences with what I think were melon heads was on the east branch of the Chagrin River. Or Chagrin River? I'm going to say Chagrin. Disappointing River. (laughs) My brother and I were driving along Mitchell's Mills, and I saw a quick flash out of the corner of my eye. I looked right, and I saw something by a tree. It was very blurry, though. (laughs) I was so scared, I screamed, and my brother looked out his window. What the hell was that, he said. I guess he saw it, too, because he turned around at the spring, and we headed back. (laughs) This was near Mentor Road, which is off of Auburn. Jay. <laughs> wow, riveting, I mean, Jay. Didn't see a melon head. <clears throat> None of these people saw a melon head. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll end this. I'll end wow. this with a story from Tony who did see a melon head. <gasps> Take us home, Tony. Ditched melon head along roadside. <laughs> My name is Tony, and I recently had an experience with the melon heads. It was on October 5th, 2001. My stepfather, mom, stepbrother, and me were driving around Chicoltha Road, might be misspelled, in Chardon. We had been driving up and down roads in the same area for almost an hour with no luck. We were just about to go home when we came upon this stretch of road that had fields on both sides and an irrigation ditch running parallel with each side of the road. I trust Tony because his voice is calm. I know. Tony sounds so real to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just then. Keep going, Tony. Just then. I looked out my window and I saw him. What'd you see, Tony? A melon head. <gasps> he, or it, was running along she? next to the ditch. I mean, you have men and you have its. That's all I know. <laughs> Since the ditch was too wide to jump over, it was coming close like it was about to jump, then pulling away. At the time, we were going 45, 50 miles per hour. The melon head was actually keeping up with us. These things are fast. Fast. It didn't look like uh, anything I've heard in the stories. He looked about the same height as me, 5'7". Was wearing brown pants, which were very ripped up, where the seams would, would you know, where the seams would be. It was held together by what looked like corn husk. The pants? Yeah. It wore a white t-shirt with brown and red stains all over it. Hoping that the red stains weren't blood. (laughs) Its head was very light brown. It was a very light brown tint. It had two big holes in the side of its head, which I think were ears. Its head was swelled up, and its eyes were very big looking. Just as we turned a curve, it jumped in the woods. That is my story of the melon heads. Thank you, Tony. Tony. Well so done. So those are just a few mm. encounters of the melon heads. Mm. So, urban legend, a myth to scare horny teens, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a totally true story? It Maybe may a bit of or may not surprise you that similar tales of other melon-headed people who roam uh, the wilds of the forest happen in... Allegan County, Michigan, as well as Connecticut. Oh, wow. In Connecticut's version of the story, the melon heads are the result of centuries-old occult practices in a burned-down asylum. Mm-hmm. Mm, they lurk around a road known to the locals as Dracula Drive. <laughs> I mean, don't mix your metaphors, you right. know. I know. Yeah, yeah you should have stopped there. <laughs> yeah. Now, whatever's behind these stories... 
the melon heads serve as a warning not to ostracize and exile members of society just because they're different. Mm -hmm. Then again, I'm not so sure I'd go wandering down Wisner Road alone at night. Would you? (laughs) Lord knows. Lord knows you're going to see some kind of screwed up little baby with a big head and raised sharp teeth. Lord knows. Lord knows. Lord knows. That's the story of the melon heads Mm -hmm. of Kirtland, Ohio. Wow. Thank you so much. Pretty creepy, right? Very fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a lot there to unpack. That's for I sure. I would say so. Yeah. Well, bullshit you know, or believe it. I would never tell the good people of Ohio what they did or did not see in their cars with their aunts, Megan or otherwise. <sighs> to me. Now, to be fair, their aunt's name was unknown her friend's name was megan and she's the one who made the lasagna you know what i'm not a reliable narrator either so i'm gonna say believe it sure why not nice Nice. what do you think this is i think that you know we know scientists and always exciting when bryce has to say he doesn't believe in a monster that people have seen oh i'm going to believe well i'm hold on okay slow your roll now we know in uh you know terrible you know communist camps people operate you know doctors would take the take the opportunity to operate on all different kinds of people. So we know that that exists, right? Who's to say that this Dr. Crow didn't, uh, you know, run some pretty crazy operations that maybe he probably shouldn't have been doing. And who's to say that, uh, one of those patients might've escaped into the woods and had an abnormally large head or something like this. And at this point, you know, a sighting like that can take on epic proportions and move into mythology and move into lore. I and, yes, and perhaps even after that, these things can really sort of take on a life of their own, taking on you know magical powers like that of the tulpa, you know, and sure, and that uh, okay, you know, bring in the tulpa into it. <clears throat> you sure. gotta bring in the tulpa, and that as these <laughs> legends sort of start to coalesce and combine with each other, that. Uh, you know, perhaps people do see strange I... things in a certain, you know, because what's interesting is that it, it takes place in a certain town on a certain road. Yeah. There's a lot of commonalities. I mean, perhaps it's just legend passing, but. I tend to think, I tend to agree with you, but I think the Dr. Crow stuff might be part of the myth that took on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe there was a guy who dealed with hydrocephalus who lived hydrocephalus in Hydrocephalus felt real to me. That felt like, like adopted a couple kids. like a little yeah. ashamed. Yep. And, and, you know, and he might just hang out on the side of the road and watch cars drive by. Right. And over the years, people started telling stories, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. as and, someone and, who babysat a lot in my younger days, little kids have sharp teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a so. taste for babysitter flesh. Right, uh, I right. mean, I'm not going to say that none of I never got a scar from a child biting me. Yeah, right. this seems to be like up there with the like gravity hills and certain like, you know, you've got the haunted bridge. You've got and the fact that there are a couple other and we didn't go into too much detail, but there are other places and places in like England that come mm. up where this is a thing. So this almost feels like a cultural myth that might have come over from Western Europe as people settled that just on the outskirts of town, just where 
the village line is drawn just on the other side of that bridge. Because, again, the bridge also evokes Washington Irving's, you know, um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. They live the, on the other side yeah, of some barrier. there's something just <laughs> in, in, in Joseph Campbell... Uh, in the Hero of the Thousand Faces, I think they call it the 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 threshold entity or the threshold. Uh, there's always a monster mm-hmm. that lurks just on the other side of your perimeter. That is the threshold creature that's letting you know you're now in uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. Great. So I feel like this kind of falls into a folklore. American folklore category for me. But then again, we have people who are writing. I mean, I re- I listed just, what, three, four? You can find a lot of stories like the Black Eyed Kids. I was going to say, it reminds me of the Black Eyed it Kids. It is similar. It's a very creepypasta. There's a lot of creepypasta in here, and there's a lot of people who swear they saw, saw this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell where eyewitness accounts begin and legend ends but when you talk about like a lasagna that your friend brought you you just it reeks of truth to me you know what i mean that was pulled from my very own life (laughs) and that part's not folklore i am lactose intolerant well maybe you'll be a melon belly if you eat that lasagna very nice all right uh any concluding thoughts on the melon heads (sighs) sound cute pretty cute um (laughs) Kaylin, where can people find you? Oh, this is the part where I forget what my social media stuff is. Uh, I got a website, KaylinHempstead.com, and that's where I collect all my little bits and bobs. Uh, Listen to lizard people. I'd love to hear what conspiracy theories you want me to talk about next. I'm on Twitter at KaylinHempstead, no D. Uh, Tweet at me. Great. Love it. Definitely check out the podcast. It's great. I've listened to it long before uh, we started this show. I think that this is where I finally heard a satisfactory argument. Not the argument, but uh, explanation of the conspiracy theory about there are no trees. Mm-hmm. That was a fun one. Honestly, oh, yeah. I hate I hate to give it up because that is my friend Ben and he is an idiot uh, and I love him, but he's a fool. But I think you might have been right about that. Okay. Cool. Check Go it check out. that out episode. Um, Bryce, yes. Riley, things to plug individually before we roll into where to find us. Nah, just, you know, rate and review the show on the old iTunes. And we love you. Thanks. Great. Thanks. Yeah, I guess. Also, check us out uh, over on the other side at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Uh, also, we've got new shirts based on our new logo here, our latest logo on Campfire Media. I like those shirts. That um, logo. The yeah. shirts look great. Um, you can find those at RT Public Shop currently. They are up for sale, so go definitely check those out, tpublic.com. Uh, search for Bigfoot Collectors Club. They'll come right up. Um, and that's it, guys. Follow us every week on Instagram, Bigfoot Collectors Club, uh, Twitter, Bigfoot underscore C Club. And uh, I'm McMills. He's Mr. Bryce Johnson. We got Trash Bag hashtag on my left, Mr. Riley Bray. And you know that's what? Right. If you're giving us a follow, give Wolf uh, Nova the Wolf King a follow, oh, yeah, too. Wolf King of LA. Our little follow studio Nova. Yeti. Um, I want to thank our guest, Caitlin Hempstead. Why am I brain farting all of a sudden? You're doing great. Trust your intuition. I I almost went hemp seed. 
I Wait have a minute. Some, I have something oh, to do add. you want to hear something weird? Yes. Yeah. Uh, my it was hemp seed in Scotland. My grandfather <gasps> changed it when he oh, moved to America. Shit. Premonition. Premonition. Uh, <laughs> well, the CIA was right. Mm-hmm. I'm psychic. Also, I'm part of the CIA. Until <laughs> next week, I'm Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson, Riley Bray. Go get regressed. You know you need to. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.